is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Another round live from Vegas, the Blue Wire studio. We are hyped to be here. Got Nick and Dan back. I didn't lose them. Vegas has, has not won. We are still here. We've been pretty responsible, I would say, this weekend, which I know will come as a huge disappointment to our listeners. But on a scale of Vegas, yeah, I think we've done it like very mildly. <laughs> so I'm almost timid. We, we barely have dipped our toe into the Vegas water. But we did dip it into the, the pool yesterday, which was fun. Yeah, we, we can definitely talk about that. Uh, <laughs> look, this is our post-match pod uh, after the Club America match. We've got other things to talk about as well because it is preseason. Uh, Chelsea are on tour. There's a lot going on outside of the football. Actually, if anything, the football <laughs> almost seems like the least important of the things going on. So we can kick it off a little bit, Dan. We Friday, we got in, uh, did the podcast here, immediately went to Rira to meet up with our friends, Chelsea in America, who hosted a ton of awesome events there. Did a live podcast with friends, Matt and Naz. And uh, I mean, 100 people, friends that we got to hang out with and spend some time with, which is the perfect way yeah, start the trip. I will say, I don't think that audio is ever going to be in a usable format. <laughs> sure won't. So apologies to those who have asked for that audio. That is going to be lost to the annals of time forever. That is something that maybe Indiana Jones in the <laughs> seventh or eighth movie that they resurrect Harrison Ford to do, he might unearth it. He might unearth a form of that audio that we can use. But thankfully, everyone was so supportive, so willing to spend some time with us and really, as we ran a few minutes late in getting there as well, Nick, but you know, Chelsea America did a great job setting the stage for us there. And then we got to go to the open training and get a chance to see some first sights of Raheem yeah. Sterling getting in some of the work. Yeah, I mean, just a huge shout to uh, everyone who came out to the live show. Uh, we were in quite a rush to get there, admittedly, um, and uh, we're even a little bit late, but everyone kind of stuck with it. And I think we had some fun. Uh, it was a loud room. Lots of people who were drinking and having some fun in there, which, of course, we recommend doing. That's part of the, the vibe. Uh, but yeah, as Dan said, the, uh, the audio is not necessarily going to be top-notch there. But uh, fantastic to see so many friends uh, that we haven't seen in a really long time. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm really grateful to everyone who came out. I mean, I worked uh, pretty hard to set that up. So uh, it, was, it was a nice payoff at the end of the day. And then, yeah, the open training. I mean, we, we basically sprinted from there over uh, in the 110-degree heat across the bridge over to Allegiant Stadium. The, I, uh, I took a ride with DPZ. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you cheated. You cheated is what you did. Um, and uh, we, we went over to the giant Roomba uh, Stadium over at Allegiant. <laughs> and uh, and look, this, the stadium's awesome. It just looks like a Roomba. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Well, um, we had media credentials, so that means we got to be pitch side. You guys went to the press conference. Yep. Again, DPZ and I took our sweet time getting driven there. <laughs> uh, but we went right to the pitch. Uh, got to see Joe Cole. Um, talked to him for a little bit. Kevin Garnett was down on the sideline. Anything is possible. Well, anything, Big Chelsea fan. The interesting is everybody thought it was cool Bali. And people were like, he's seven foot tall. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, look, if you're far away, opposite side of the pitch, I could guess that maybe you see one individual standing alone, not yet in Chelsea gear. Uh-huh. But, you know, we were getting the information on the sidelines that, hey, you know, check your, set your watch for nine o'clock. Set yeah. your watch uh, for the evening as you're out and about because maybe you'll, maybe you'll hear something. We, we went to the, the pre-match press conference and look, these are, these are pretty loose. Thomas Tuchel is pretty savvy. He knows what, uh, what questions our journalist friends are going to ask during these, uh, during these sessions. 
And even though Koulibaly had been signed, it was on his way to Vegas uh, mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, there was no comment. He was another team's player. So, you know, it's it's tough to kind of glean a whole lot of insights from these, Brandon. But uh, but we we went and then we went to the open training and it was uh, admittedly a bit of a light jog. I yeah. think the team had trained earlier that day. So it was kind of just a show pony type of deal. Thankfully, the players warmed up coming at us in the media section. So we got to, again, Raheem. We talked a lot about him and his leadership. He led a line from the beginning. Like this is his second or third session. And he's like, nope, I'm at the front of the line. I'm going to lead this, uh, which was great to see. Obviously, Aspie was leading. I think Alonzo was leading Mason and, and maybe Reese. Um, but then we got to see all the players again. So uh, just a quick rundown on some of the the interesting points out of that. Harvey Vale is way taller than I thought. He is not oh, a yeah. short little pacey winger. He's a, a growing man. Um, Connor Gallagher's thighs are tree trunks. Good <laughs> luck moving him off the ball. Um, and Trevo just has fresh hair at all times. Dude looks good. Yeah. Uh, he was at the press conference too and uh, waxed a, a little bit on, on Tiago Silva, Dan. Uh, Why not? Talked about his his leadership ability and the standard I think he sets for the rest of the defense. And this was, of course, uh, pre-Kulabali, but there's there's another leader coming into the defense, as you recently documented on a three-and-a-half-hour podcast about Kulabali. Oh, it's, like it's, it's a five-year episode that <laughs> is going to take for people to consume. It'll actually go the entirety of his contract, so yeah. uh, just keep that on loop, and he'll be good to go. But I think that takes us to getting out, getting back out into the evening. You know, we had a chance to catch up with a few people for – some drinks. We saw uh, our good friend uh, Brandon, who uh, is part of the Chelsea Mic'd Up crew, on his way into the mm -hmm. re to be with Lee Parker, be with Joe Cole, get a chance to get the Chelsea supporters really excited for that event. And then that kind of capped our night. We, we made the smart decision to get back to the Airbnb early because we knew that Sunday was going to be, or sorry, Saturday was going to be very busy. We, we knew that we had one night in us. And it, you know, you could do it age. Friday. Yeah, as, as as an old man, you can only do it one of the two days. You're going to do it the Saturday. We had we had a fantastic time on Friday. It was just a lot to kind of go through. And so I think we were a little tuckered out. But that's okay because Saturday, Brandon, uh, big day. Yeah, started off strong. Uh, got up, got ready, and we headed to the Flamingo. Awesome. Friend of the pod, Ryan, set it up for us. Um, we had two cabanas. Uh, we had, you know, close access to the bar. He had flag and scarf hanging up so you knew exactly where it was. And we got to host a hundred some Chelsea fans like in a cabana pool party at the Flamingo. And it was the best. That was that was such a fun time. Uh, I've never really done Vegas. Uh, if that is doing Vegas, highly recommend. That was <laughs> so much fun. It was 110 degrees, felt like 120. The water was perfect. Uh, and there's the vibe again. It was all about building a community, bringing people together. Uh, and apparently, uh, drinks and poolside party is the way to do it. There's no doubt about it. Oh my God, Ryan, you're a legend for uh, for helping to set that up for us for sure. And yeah, I mean, Dan, it was just nice to be able to do something a little different uh, than we anticipated doing uh, even a few weeks ago. And you know, it was fun to get our journalist friends out to experience what a proper uh, USA uh, tour event would look like. You know, it's all about being good host. That's the most important That's right. thing. You know, in each of these cities. You're getting supporters groups that are being great hosts to other Chelsea you know, supporters from across the nation, from across the world. You're getting cities being great hosts to Chelsea for coming in into their stadiums, into their cities. And so we just figured out how do we be great hosts to the people that we know as well. And that, that was one way that we had an opportunity to do it. But I mean, that kind of really took us from there. Quick nap, get ready, 
reestablish and get going for the rest of the day. Did a little uh, content with Chelsea right before the game, uh, which was good. Good and friend then, Lee Parker. Oh, uh, yeah. Getting our score predictions and us having terrible score predictions uh, that uh, are not accurate. I was close. I, I predicted a 3-1. It just, you know, one uh, one terrible best chance away from me being right. So, yeah, yeah. Mishi had that opportunity. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we all had the opportunity. We got to, we got to take in the match, uh, and it was great. Um, began to get to see the players run out, um, hearing the fans again. You guys were up in the with the gods in the in the press box. Elizabeth and I were down behind uh, one of the goals with the Chelsea in America supporters tickets. Uh, we had I, I, I had a nice little experience of the shed end uh, where they they pulled the big flag over us. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting there, and after about five minutes, we're like, "All right, we done? Was, Can we see there again?" Forever. <laughs> yeah, we're like under there, and it's funny. I was talking with this Mike. Starting to get a little smelly under here. Uh, actually, you know what? Maybe we should lift this lid. I think yeah. people have been in the desert heat all day and are a little bit sweaty. So, um, but it was fun to participate in kind of a fan activation like that. Um, and then again, I think just seeing the players walk out, even though it was an interesting lineup, which we'll get to in a second, it was good to see Tuchel walk down the sideline, the players walk out, the track tops come off, and the starting 11 photos again and have them run out to their positions. Chelsea's back. And it felt good. Yeah, I know that this kickoff time was not great for our friends in England or other parts of the world. I know that our friends in Australia were very excited. People in Absolutely. Singapore are super excited about the time for kickoff. A lot of Americans are very excited about the time for kickoff. And uh, so sorry to those who maybe had to uh, wake up early. And I'm not sorry, Dan. No. I'm not. Look, you can be empathetic. This We get up at 6 a.m. every weekend to watch this team play. I think a little bit of sacrifice the other way is just fine, and everyone should just be cool about it. That's and again, all. it's a preseason match. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> it reminds me of how I feel when it's a 4.30 or you know a.m. kickoff, yeah. and the football is actually not that good. The quality uh, is not good. That was, I think, the real issue, is people got up, and the first 45 minutes were, unfor were rusty. They were not good polished bits of football. Terrible. They were terrible, Dan. But That's it's preseason. It doesn't matter. Isn't it kind of... All right. So I think we can go ahead and like hit our transition <laughs> and like actually get into the match. I mean, the most of the rest of it, right? For us, like the trip, uh, it's just a live pod here and then we dip to Charlotte. So like, you know, after the match, drinks and shenanigans is good. You know, we had fun with everybody. Um, but the match in itself, right? So we see the starting lineup. I don't know. It's kind of what you would maybe expect. We, we assume there's going to be two different 11s, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Kepa and goal. Um, you had, you know, very familiar faces. You had a Ross and Connor midfield. Uh, Callum in attack on the left wing, and his position, Kai, was there. Uh, and what? Ziyech on the right. In Ziyech. So it's like you got to see some things you like to see. Maybe Kennedy at right wing back wasn't the exciting thing that everyone wanted to see, but you did have Chili B at left back. Um, which again was was some of those exciting things you could pick out of it, uh, Nick. I think when when you saw the team sheet, it's like, do you really care that Malong Sars out there? No, it's preseason. They got to play. Yeah, I think it was the lack of like your Billy G's and Levi Colwells that that sounds like of, Levi got injured, picked yeah. up a knock, which we found out late. Right, which you know at the time you didn't know, right? So you're like, well, why is why is Malong Sar playing, or why is Kennedy playing over? You know, people you would hope to see play. Because um, I was looking forward to seeing Billy, personally. I mm -hmm. That would have been one that I would hope to see. Uh, so, yeah, you looked at that lineup and you're like, how good is this going to be, really? Um, and it wasn't. 
Uh, the first half was pretty abject. Uh, the the team did not really gel that much, although they had a ton of possession, like Dan, I think you would expect them to have at this point. Um, it just wasn't a cohesive kind of look and feel. And like Kennedy, a right wing back, uh, did a lot of freelancing. Um, he, he tried to play right wing, tried to even play striker at one point. So it was a weird one. Yeah, there was the moment where he almost scored the goal and the moment where he almost gave up the goal. And it was the <laughs> pendulum of great Kennedy to and not great Kennedy. It happened in 10 seconds. But again, it's, it's just rust. It's These players have not played a competitive match. The Club America side have played a competitive match already, and they were definitely in the mode of the unfriendly friendly. And it, w- it was a spicy match in that regard. Yeah. And their supporters did not relent for 90 minutes of drums, of sound effects, of smoke bombs, they did everything they could to really make sure that you could not fall asleep. No, the, their supporters were fantastic. I mean, they, I think uh, Matt Law tweeted that they were the only thing keeping him awake during the first half. And uh, yeah, they were great. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, we're three weeks away from the start of the season, right? Um, if you look at how much work needs to be done before we reach that point, I think it's a fair amount, right? And the team will get their reps in. There's three more preseason matches. Obviously, if you don't know, they added a a Udinese match right before uh, the start of the Premier League season. So I think get our friends who are back in Europe some reps. But yeah, it's, it's a little frightening when you think about how close the season is to starting and, you know, how crucial it is to get off to a fast start in a league that's going to be dominated by City and Liverpool again. So if you want to get to that Christmas break within a chance, you really have to perform at the start of the season. That's going to be a little tough, I think. Look, Chalba looked good. Silva looked good. Hudson-Odoi looked good. Gallagher looked good. Out of that group, like, I'm happy. Like, you're seeing some strong performances. Um, You know, like I said, we're able to see some glimpses of what can be. Everyone looked pretty cool and calm and cool collected on the ball. Uh, which is good. Obviously, the passes didn't always go where they intended them to go. Uh, but again, seeing kind of like the glimpses of what can be with this side is are the things he pulled out. Like I said, I thought Cal looked really sharp and up for it too, which you expect because our understanding is he's had essentially four or five months preparing for this match. They said, hey, take the end of the season off. This is where we need you. And, and he's showing up. Well, this is also, think about this. It's the first time that some of these players have played a, quote, competitive match, unquote, with one another. Connor has not played with Kennedy before in the same lineup or Saar. And Chilwell has not played with some of these players. That's the thing I would keep in mind and keep in the forefront is that some of these combinations are not the, this was not the full, this is my A team, this is my B team. This was a mix of different sets of players in both the first half and the second half. And that's where I think that the credence, the patience needs to be an important part of this with preseason is that Tuchel is going to try a lot of things to figure out what's going to work heading into the season. We know from talking to Matt Naz that Tuchel and Bully are on the phone every day talking about what's going to happen with the players that are here, the players that are going to go, the players that are going to come in, Nick. I think in that, in that sense, that's where I am not panicking. I know you talk about this three weeks remaining until the start of the season, but we, we have not seen the, the true Premier League starting 11 for in this match. We didn't see that. No, I know. Uh, and, and look, take, take this match for what it is, which was a, a glorified uh, training exercise for the Fitness. Team. Yeah. 
but at some point you've got to get ready. Right. So if not now, when, and I, I, I look at the rest of these matches, right. You're going to play Charlotte FC, which uh, no offense, offense to our friends in Charlotte. This is not going to be the, the test that I think the club needs to, to really get ready for a Premier League schedule. And then you'll play an Arsenal team on the 23rd in Orlando that is a Premier League team, obviously, and, and probably will provide a little bit of a, a challenge. And then you play Udinese on the 29th, and then you're in it to win it, right? So I'm just saying, like, obviously there are players to be added to the squad. Obviously the squad needs to pick up fitness. They've only been in the States for uh, like a week and a half, right? So I know there's a lot of work yet to be done, and I understand that, but the, the timeline doesn't really change. And so seeing Malongstar, seeing Kennedy, seeing some of these other guys like Ross Barkley, even though he played okay, it's not really going to be your Premier League lineup. So I think I would be more concerned with getting players who we know to be our starting 11 fit and ready than seeing some of these other guys, frankly. Yeah, look, they know their timeline. They've got the individualized plans. Kova doing individual work uh, on the side at every single session. We know that uh, like Raheem and Harvey and Billy were doing some sprints at the end. Then you had Levi and, and Kulabali doing some stuff. So they got a lot of things they're juggling and balancing for sure. I think Arsenal will be a good litmus test, not in a serious situation, but yeah. you know, a, a, as far as like, hey, some top quality uh, opponents that we'll have on this tour. All right, guys, Senator Jake, I'm jumping in to jump to the ads. Um, the guys got caught up in the Blue Wire studio. Shiny lights, nice mics. Ugh, heaven for them. So I am taking the responsibility of jumping to the advertisements, thanking our sponsors. And yeah, we'll be right back. All right, our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focused on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable, resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it. It, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Uh, the second half lineup, though, we had Bettinelli in goal. Love to see it. Um, Love to see it. Aspi Laqueta back, captain, obviously. Uh, Ethan Ampadu was sweeping. Emerson left back. Reese James, and he had Mountain Jorginho in the middle, 
Alonzo, uh, left wing back, and then Pulisic, Batshuayi, and Werner up top. Um, uh, the goal is obviously coming from 55-minute Werner uh, taking his rebound and burying it, and then uh, Mount, 83rd, just absolute laser bullet. Well, and a uh, laser bullet? A laser bullet, huh? It rippled the net. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, would a laser bullet actually ripple the I net? Think it would Can shoot you straight focus? Through. I think it would go I right. I am focusing on oh my God. a very interesting uh, way to describe uh, it's the shot. It's one of them classer, classic laser bullets, Dan, as you know. Um, it's a great take. It yeah. was a great take from him outside the box, curled it beautifully. And uh, look, this is what happens when you let Mace run. My favorite finish of the night, however, was Reese James, Reece James mm. um, with a tremendous uh, pass back to Bettinelli, who exerted very little to no effort to try and stop it from entering his own net. And um, and that was the own goal. We scored all three goals, which I thought was... Does that make my three no prediction correct? No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, Bettinelli and Reese just not on the same page whatsoever. Bettinelli was outside of his near post. Reese passed it to his back post. Um, so whatever it was, it was just not on the same page whatsoever. However, I can confirm they, uh, they're craps partners. So, mm, so yeah. they're, I think they're working on some tactics at yeah. the craps table afterwards. So no, that was good. They're still good. Um, you know, club America made a ton of changes well throughout the entire match. Actually, uh, they didn't wait for halftime, but we literally sent out an entire new 11 at halftime, which is what we, uh, were expecting, but. Again, you're starting to see some interesting situations. Emerson at left center back with Alonzo at left wing back. Um, Batshuayi leading the line with this group. Um, Pulisic looked good. Uh, he had some opportunities to run at defenders with the ball, and that's when he's at his best. And we got to see that from him. Unlucky to not get a goal, but definitely created chances and showed that he's still, uh, when he's dribbling at pace, Im near impossible to defend. It took two to three guys scrambling, turning their hips, trying to figure out just to stay in his way. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there is just a gulf between League MX and and where Chelsea are. I, I think Christian know. also loves running uh, with his U.S. Mexico yeah. <laughs> connections. Loves running at some of those guys. She would have scored his header, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think the the side where he was on with three streams that was kind of the dominant side in the second half, right? And I think every time you watch Chelsea and you're able to watch Reese James live the amount of uh, kind of like moments where you go, holy shit, that was incredible. <laughs> uh, Reese James just like pinpoint turned on a dime with the ball and lost his defender like four or five times yesterday. He was playing more of a right wing role than mm -hmm. really tracking back too much because we had so much of the ball. But there were, there were just some moments, Dan, where you're like, this cat is just unbelievable. He's so good. Our Hard to find fault with Reese James in Oof. any way, shape, or form. While we're talking about, well, I guess he was playing right wing effectively. So I don't know if I say, while we're talking about defense, uh, based on who he is in the team sheet or how he lines up, I actually think Ethan Ampadu had a really nice second half. Yeah. And yeah. was playing in that central center back role, which is, you know, Tago Silva was kind of taking that in the first half. And he, again, looks ageless and just continues to get the business done. But Ethan had some really, really nice distribution as it you know, related to how he was helping move the ball, good command of the back line as well. So, I mean, those were, you know, we talked about, I want to see other players potentially of this grouping. We got a chance to see Connor. We got a chance to see Ethan. So, I mean, you got a chance to see two players who were out alone last season who played pretty much every match that they had the availability to do so and looked like they could both factor in 
Connor definitely factoring into Tuchel's plans for this season, but can Ethan in this next set of games, this next two, two set of games, can he find himself staying as a part of this squad in the next season? And maybe someone else ends up moving on like, like a SAR or someone, because you know, that you have this individual who can be a part of the complement. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on the signings. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit, but he looked competent in the middle. I mean, and I think that sweeper role, if you think back to all the way to the Antonio Conte era, I mean, like, I think it's a role where he would be confident playing in a back three. I don't, I don't think he necessarily fits into a back two as a center back. I think mm-hmm. It's probably more of a midfield shift for him then. But, um, but yeah, I thought he was competent. And I, I would go back to Connor Gallagher too, who I thought was the standout of the first half by a mile. Fit, able to pass the ball effectively. Him and Ross passed the ball quickly to each other. They got the ball moving. He was able to uh, use his strength against uh, multiple midfielders to to knock them off the ball and keep it moving. He had a beautiful pass into Kai Havertz, um, who should have scored the first goal of the game, but did not. Um, and uh, there was just a lot of, of things. If you looked at that first half from Connor Gallagher, Brandon, where you're like, Oh, a midfield two is not going to be a thing. He's not just purely an attacking midfielder. He's able to sit back, receive the ball, pivot, turn, pass, and then move. And I think a lot of that was really enlightening to see because I wasn't sure how he how he would do that because he didn't play in a two last year. He played in a three. Yeah, and I mean, Mount had to slot in today too, uh, playing in a two-man midfield with Jorginho. So something that we have not seen. So again, is Mason... Well, we have seen it before in very, very small stints. Correct. Um, it's not not a usual thing. And so, again, is he kind of taking one for the team again and filling in a slot that they felt like they needed some depth? Are they looking at maybe moving him into a midfield spot? I think this is where we're going to have to see the next two, three matches to understand where his role is going to be. We know how many wingers we have on the team, right? And I think that's where Tuchel's trying to make sure he gets as many of those guys these minutes so we can really see where they're at. Um, whereas in the midfield, we know we're light, but yet Billy didn't play. So, you know, well, you, you could get to being a pretty stacked midfield though. If you think about something like maybe Ethan stays and pushes forward to be the base of that kind of defensive mid, because in, in most scenarios, if we're pushing forward a Ben Chilwell and a Reese James, you know, your defense effectively goes from five to three to two at times. And he could potentially push forward and then pull back and be that kind of second partner for one of the defenders who maybe has pushed a little bit further forward. And maybe you get someone, I would love to see in this preseason, 15 to 20 minutes of Connor, Mace, and Ampadu as a three, or you know, Mace, Kovacic, Ampadu as a three to see what could happen if you did try that three, you did get a little bit more experimental with the midfield. I think Ampadu going into a starting lineup is too much, like expectations. Oh, oh, totally. I'm just saying, yeah, you know, this is an opportunity like, to try things, yeah, to yeah, test yeah. things yep. during right. preseason, leading into the start of the season, to at least give you a mental view, a, a, a visible view against competition of what it could look like heading into the season. Right. I, again, I think signings need to be made if there's going to go to a three to like really lock that in. Because I was talking with someone about it yesterday. Ruben is probably okay at the base. Jorginho is a regista if he's at the base. There's no defensive cover whatsoever. Even an Ampadu. That, that just won't work. Reese, like Chalaba. There, there's a lot of different people that you could maybe throw into that holding role. But again, it's so like loosely defined with this team under Tuchel because we haven't seen it. 
it's it's hard to really understand the profile that we would need. You you can't have a back three or a, a back two or a center back pairing, I should say, of let's say Tiago Silva and and, and Koulibaly, and then have Jorginho in front of. Correct. Him. I mean, that's just a yeah. disaster waiting to happen. It's, it's too slow, and it uh, as much as the ball could move effectively, I think it would get overwhelmed very quickly, mm-hmm. and that would lead someone like Connor Mason, whoever else, right to have to track back a lot effectively you're putting yourself into a two midfield anyway oh yeah at that point so it's uh, yeah that can't happen it would need to be a different profile of player so anyways chelsea win we scored all three we left two one victors uh mason got the man of the match award so we we're still mason uh, hunt mason hunt got the man of the match <laughs> mason hunt the lineup the laser bullet himself. and the graphics just were not winning yesterday we're putting a laser bullet. There was an orange shirt. card too. Yeah, the, really, it was nice to see the first ever yeah. orange card issued <laughs> in any of world football. It was great. You know, we we talk about the medium. You know, is it is it a red card? Is it a yellow card? We figured it out here. You can issue an orange <laughs> card in the game of football. Okay, can I shout out Simon Johnson really quick? You sure can for, for a tweet during the game. Uh, if you missed this on the telecast, uh, Marco or Maurizio Reyes is wearing number two hundred six. I was tweeting about this. I was angry tweeting. <laughs> Why? I, I, they had three players wearing numbers in the 200s yesterday. Did, Clue did, America. Did they have 199 better players on the squad? Sure didn't. Okay. All right. But uh, Simon Justice says, FYI, Maurizio Reyes is the best number 206 I've ever seen play the beautiful game. And well, look, clearly wanted to pay tribute to John Terry. 26 was already taken. No. What can I do to get the numbers two and six on my jersey? And look, I appreciate it. Look, football has a lot of history and tradition. And I know we don't always need to stick to things. Numbering is an easy thing. Like, there, there's no reason whatsoever. Like, like the, I would the love numbers to hear. wrapped around to the yeah, front of the shirt. And that's the other thing. Like, I, thought, I thought it was like a... Imagine being the shirt like guy. An appearance shirt. Like, what is that what they were doing? Like, he's wearing his appearances. Yeah. Like, suppliers charged by the, the individual number or letter on the back. Whatever, you, America. You really increasing the cost of supporters by uh, putting that 206 on there. Terrible, terrible. All right. Um, so let's go through a couple of things you're excited after the first day. I think we kind of touched on, but let's put a formal bow, like a marker in the sand of, of what got you excited after leaving this. Um, and and then we can kind of move on to, to Charlotte before we wrap. So one thing, Dan, that you saw yesterday that got you hyped for what might come this season? I would say the one thing that got me hyped was actually seeing how comfortable Ethan Ampadu was on the ball in the back three after I would say he had a good loan. The fact that he was able to play a lot in feature, the fact that he was on a team that got relegated out of Serie A, Serie B is not super great, but he looked like the player that we have talked about and we have thought about for a long time. And I think he now has an entryway into this team. And I would like to see, particularly after Tuchel's comments about his ball distribution, what he offers, I think he is one step closer to potentially being, if he was on the bubble, I think he took the step in this match to be in the squad versus out of the squad. Uh, Connor, for me, uh, I think showed some flexibility in the way that he played. I think he advanced the ball well, uh, should have had an assist. Um, if not for some just god-awful finishing from Kai. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just looks looks solid, man. I mean, looks really, really solid. So Great hair. Fantastic hair. Uh, tree trunk thighs. Moves the ball well. I, what else do you need? Uh, picked up a caution. 
light. The cautions were soft yesterday, but my point is he'll get stuck in. Yeah. You know, he'll make a tactical foul if needed. Yep. Um, I'm just going to keep the train going with uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, this is a comparison, and this is not a slight on Timo. I found that when Timo was on the left wing, he was like the heels on the chalk. He was on the sideline. He was all the way wide. The ball was getting in the box, and he was like nowhere involved. Callum was cutting in. He was dribbling. He was always available. Uh, he just seemed to be very hungry and dynamic, and I'm excited to see how many more minutes he can get through this preseason because we've obviously talked about contract situation and career development, things like that. But he definitely looks uh, like he wanted to take people on and wanted to create things. Was that more in your mind due to the fact, though, that Chilwell definitely has a lot more willingness to sometimes cut in and have a little bit more mobility versus the Alonzo and Timo pairing? No? No, we, Timo did a lot last season. He would just... He would, we don't need Timo to have the ball at his feet on the sideline. We saw it a lot last season. So it's the same thing. For some reason, like unless you play it in front of Timo where he's running on, um, he's not a high possession player. Cal will get the ball and look to create something. They're just different players. I think I completely disagree with your take. Um, I thought that Callum looked really timid last night. I don't think he made the right runs at the right times. Timo got a goal as sloppy as it was and was in and around for the box for a lot of the second half. So I don't know. I, I didn't come away super impressed with Callum yesterday. I think that, you know, if we're going to transition to things that we want to see in Charlotte, he's definitely the one thing I want to see in Charlotte. I want to see him take control of the ball and start to dominate one-on-one -on -one against opponents. I mean, if we think about his skill set, right, we, we know he has a great cross. He's a, a really accurate cross for the ball. That's not enough. Even even in you know thinking about him as an assist maker, that's not enough to justify him keeping that role. What he has to do is get in behind and make easy passes for for easier finishing chances. We know that our team is not a great um, heading uh, team as as far as that goes. So even with Kai up there, that's only one guy. We have a really short front seven. If you think about the midfield mm -hmm. and our wing backs advancing, right? Yeah. So. You know, Raheem's not going to add any heading ability for sure and, and all that stuff. So I need to see Callum do more in Charlotte. And I think, you know, again, it won't mean as much because it's an MLS team. But if he's able to blow by a few people, trust his body a little bit more and uh, create some, you know, cutbacks, I think that's going to be something that I look for from, from him, Dan. If there's a thing I'm looking forward to in Charlotte, it's the continued rotation. So we have seen now a couple of players that maybe we can pencil in as probably not a starter, probably not the first choice replacement, but we have not seen players like Levi Colville, like Harvey Bale, like Raheem Sterling. Billy Gilmore. Billy Gilmore. Uh, obviously, Broya had a little bit of an injury. Yep. Did, did not do something serious. Could have been, but did not. So does he get an opportunity to feature as well? I think that's the thing that I want to see I don't necessarily know if we need to see a bunch of players that have been at Chelsea for three years, four years, five years, are consistent loan individual who go on loan every year and we extend for one year to play out yeah. this game of do we find a way to get value out of it at some point? Like, let's be decisive in the way that we're attacking the tra transfer market right now. Let's make tough decisions and let's figure out who can be a part of the side and who can help us challenge for, for trophies. Yeah, I don't know if I need to see the boss uh, play much more. You were excited about the sauce boss at halftime. Look, 
of of all the performances in the first half, he was one of the better ones, which I think says more about the rest of the team than it does about him. But he did add a little bit of sauce to the mix. Look, preseasons, that's his sweet spot yeah, for maybe. us. That's where he's he's done the best. Thriving. Uh, I think to your point, uh, Dan, we, we know who's established. Mason, Reese, you know, players like that. Um, Tiago Silva. Uh, yeah. well, I don't know. His, his position might be in jeopardy. Never know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> I think for me, it's the, like you said, it's the the settling into to formation and players playing where we need them to be. I mean, Kennedy at right wing back, and he's left-footed, it's goofy. Um, you know, is is Timo going to be on the left the whole time? Kai and Mason, it's like, we've got to be able to, or I'm sorry, Kai and Mishi. There's, I want to start to see some definition from some of these things. It was the first match out, but again, it's just like, to you guys' point, let's let's make some changes. And it's like, but I guess they're probably balancing shopping window for these guys a little bit as well, I suppose. Um, but I want to see future sorted, I think is my biggest thing. Even like Aspie and Alonzo, because they're taking up minutes right now. Are they going to be here? We don't know. It sounds like it's really 50-50. But the, to your point, Dan, those are things that we need to know because otherwise we're just giving minutes to players that we're not going to have come the beginning of the season. Yeah, that, that's the thing. You think about this, time is a finite resource. Yep. And... Every minute you give to a player who likely will not be here beyond the next two to three matches or into the end of the transfer window is time you're taking away from someone who will be here, who will be a part of this extended squad, who will be one of the five subs that gets rotated into matches at a high velocity, that will be playing one or two or three of the matches that we play per week because there will still likely be postponements and reschedules for things. So... All of that is stuff you have to keep in mind on how Tuchel constructs his side because he he is also the individual that takes the full onus of responsibility for who he puts out there. And he is the one who puts the lineup out. He has whatever players he has at his disposal, and that's what he can continue to work with Todd Bowley on and say, hey, here's the guys I've now identified after the preseason and after this match or after the second match that are not going to be in my plan. So let's figure out what the solution is for them. What does that mean them for a deficiency for who we have to go get? Yeah, like, I don't think in Charlotte you're going to see two 11s. I, I think you have to start, you know, really getting some fitness in for, you know, the players that are really going to be in the mix, i.e. Tiago Silva, Trev Chalba, you know, pick a... Ben, well. Yeah, I mean... I bet you see Raheem for a little bit, but probably not the full game. You know, you might get a five-minute appearance from Koulibaly, although he has to work with the team a little bit more. And that's going to be the difficult part, I think, is that we know that there's some transfer business yet to be done. Mm -hmm. As much as Tuchel does not want to uh, show his hand a little bit. <laughs> and so for me, I think that is, I, I want to see our starters out there getting fit over the next three matches. I mean, really, that's all we have left yep. before, you know, match one of the Premier League starts. And uh, I know for a fact that, you know, if, if you get off to a slow start in this league, you might as well just write it off because that World Cup in the middle is just going to throw everything off. And we have a bunch of players who are going to be at that World Cup, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be the difficult part. Yep. And obviously that first match with Everton and then immediately behind Tottenham, uh, it's it's that could be a rocky start. You don't want to slip Absolutely up in not. those first two with obviously the Frank angle and then Tottenham. We know all about them and, and how that rivalry is. So... Um, great. Well, again, preseason is officially started. Uh, minutes are being logged. Uh, goals are being tallied. 
and uh, we're off and running. So Charlotte's next up for us. Uh, Hopefully we can see a lot more laser bullets when we yeah, make really. it to Charlotte. <laughs> laser bullets. So Look, you guys just didn't play the game at high level. You didn't <laughs> You didn't get to that place where you've actually gotten to see some happening live. But uh, friendly reminder, uh, we do have our Chaos and Trophy shirts here yes. with us. So if you want to buy it in person, you can. I believe there's some people who bought them and want to pick them up. Find us. You got to find us to get them. Uh, and they're still online as well. So we'll ship when we get back. But uh, they're going great. 5 to 6 p.m. Charlotte at the RERA. Uh, Dan, I believe I believe they've outsold Vegas. Yeah, that, that Charlotte crew is really Ooh. putting in some putting in some work. Let's go. They're, they they will they will I, I think uh, impress a lot of people. I'm, I'm I'm I think the local supporters groups are gonna put out the red carpet for every Chelsea the blue carpet as it were for all Chelsea supporters visiting Charlotte. So I'm very excited to see what they do, particularly after the LA and Vegas chapters put on such a great job or did such a great yeah. job putting on a show for us here. Yeah. And look, uh, a final shout out to blue wire. We, we were in this awesome studio. It's the first time we've ever recorded in a studio and we've Second done it time. twice now. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh it's been pretty great to, to get this experience. Um, and hopefully you guys saw the video that Dan posted on YouTube uh, from our experience. You see the professionalism oh, yeah. studio shows, whether, whether we convey that or not, is a whole different story yeah no big time we're excited so uh we hope that we can continue to uh to do fun stuff like this uh with them especially now that we know that they've got the the home in vegas set up so <laughs> we, and we know that the people are happy to fly in and do some cool stuff so shout out to the the group that have uh came in studio to watch us as well uh those brave warriors that are here at, at 10 a.m the, the the morning after the match and everything they're just still awake the real heroes look i mean vegas is a place where you can just be on. I took my watch off yesterday. I had no idea what time it was. It was great. Yeah. It was free. Anyways, we're going to be in Charlotte. We'll see you all there. Uh, shout out to everyone who made it out to Vegas. It was amazing. Uh, if you're on the on the fence, if you're going to go or not, go. You won't regret it. But anyways, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.